So, good morning. Good morning, folks. I hope you don't mind. I, I stuck the lights on just so that I can see you. You're kind of in the dark there, and I wanted to be able to see your faces as you get to see my face. It's so good to be together this morning. I want to take us back to February 1993, for those of us who are alive. I was 19 years of age, and I was taking a gap year, and I had decided to embark on a, a bit of an adventure and went across to Israel. Uh, to go live and work on what's known as a kibbutz. A kibbutz, very briefly, is a uh, community of people that live together, work together for the sake of everyone who's living there. And uh, as volunteers, you could go from all over the world, and, and so that's what I did with a friend of mine called Simon. We went there, were a group of 10 of us, and we got assigned to uh, working in the date plantation, hundreds and hundreds of, of palm trees, which are really date trees. And that was my job. I woke up at 4.30 in the morning, had a quiet time with Jesus, and got to the, uh, the place where the tractors and all the things were kept. I got assigned as one of the tractor drivers and drove this tractor down to the, uh, the date trees, and that's where I worked. Uh, literally up in the trees, we'd have cherry pickers and another kind of device would have lifted us high up into the trees. We would have got off and into the tree, literally many, many feet off the ground, working there uh, and amongst the pods and pollinating and this, that, the other. And uh, then we would have finished, knocked off and got back up to the kibbutz for about two o'clock for lunch and then the rest of the day was free. That was my, uh, that was my life for about uh, two and a half months. And it was an incredible experience. Got to meet lots of people and do lots of other cool things like get to go and travel to all the amazing places in Israel. If you've never been, I'd wholeheartedly uh, recommend a, a trip there. Um, but whilst we were there, we, we began on a, on a five day week. It was Monday through to Friday, and then on the Friday evening, they would begin to celebrate Shabbat, Sabbath, Sabbath rest. Friday evening, the tablecloths came out onto the tables. We got given um, metal cutlery instead of plastic. We got the fine crockery, and we actually got meat at uh, on that celebration. So the meal was very different to what we were used to throughout the rest of the week. And this was a real beginning for me, begin to understanding uh, the, the Jewish practice of Sabbath and Sabbath rest. And we would take Saturday uh, off and Sunday off, and then we'd begin again on Monday. In some ways, a bit like our regular weekend. Uh, but as the pollination season of the date trees began, there was an increased pressure to get every single tree done in a certain time window. So there was a pressure on us, the team, to do that. And the guy leading the team was insisting that we work longer and that we work more days. Uh, to begin with, I, I should have told you that I've run over a little. Um, we, in fact, no, that's right. So we had to work Monday through to Friday and then Sunday. There was the odd Sunday where there was an ex expectation for us. And I was, I was a youngish Christian still then, and I just thought, oh my goodness, that's Sunday, that's my day of rest, because that's what we do as Christians, Sunday's the day of rest. And I had this sort of inner turmoil and didn't really quite know, and I had a couple of air letters home. There weren't mobile phones in those days. We used to write air mail letters, do you remember those? Yeah, all the bald heads and the grey hairs are kind of doing this right now. It's kind of the, the, the blue kind of thing where you wrote a letter and it got sent home and about three weeks later you might get a reply. And from home, uh, from my home church, they were able to explain that actually the day didn't necessarily matter 
but that it was a 24-hour period of rest. That was the important thing. So I thought, oh, that's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll join with the Jewish celebration of, I'll take Saturday as the day. And as time wore on, the pressure mounted. They wanted us to work seven days a week. And I was just like, that totally breaks the commandment. I am not going to go there. But there was a real pressure, and I was the only one of a team of about eight of us that sort of stood up. And I spoke out, and I said, listen, I'm really sorry um, to the Jewish people. A bit ironic, slightly. Um, I'm a Christian, and, uh, and I think that God says in his Bible, the same one we read, um, that we should take a day of rest, and so that's what I'll be doing. And that's what I did. And for about two or three weeks, there was a seven day. Everyone was expected to work every day. I worked six. And on that day, I rested. And I remember taking my, my Sony Walkman, as it were, the, the cassette tapes with Matt Redman and Martin Smith worship music. I would take myself off. I'd sit on a rock somewhere. Like, I vividly remember this. And I'd listen to worship music. There was one other Christian uh, who was Dutch. And uh, we would meet on this day, and we would read the scriptures together, and we'd pray for each other. Completely different church background. Completely different. But he was my brother, and we met, and we worshipped in that way together. I remember this so vividly. The point of all of this story is that the others that went to work seven days a week, they noticed on the six days that I was working, that I was more productive than they were. They saw and they noticed that I just had this ability uh, to kind of get to more trees than they were. And that was the importance of rest and recovery. And actually the reality is this, and studies have been done, that we are more productive by doing less. Or we are more productive when we're on if we take the time to adequately rest and recover. And that is a massive part of why God says in his commandments, labor those days, but remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy and take time to rest and to recover, to recharge the batteries and go again. What I find interesting is post-COVID is that many employers are pushing for a four-day working week. Can we cram our hours actually work slightly longer over four days and give ourselves even more time and more rest and more recovery to enjoy the purposes of life? This whole uh, teaching season or series is a timely one as we come out and off the back of an exhausting period of time. We entered it burnt out. We went through it and come out the other side of it burnt out. Never before have we ever been on. And this, as we remind ourselves, over the last number of weeks, we pick up the teaching here on Sabbath uh, about how the importance of rest and recovery and delighting in God and worshipping of Him. What was interesting is that on Monday past, uh, our Leadership Essentials, uh, group that we're doing. A number of us, we, we're journeying on a once-a-month basis, uh, developing uh, in the whole area of leadership. We met at uh, Antrim Coast Vineyard with a number of the folks there. And the, the session or the, uh, the, the point of the evening was uh, being before doing. And this whole theme came up again, the importance of, of, of being before the Lord, of, of resting and recovering and, and ministering and doing the stuff 
out of a place of having been with Jesus. And so the conversation opened up with our discussion groups. And what was being kind of fed back, I found absolutely fascinating. The number of people sort of my age that were recalling times, having grown up in households uh, where uh, Sunday was special. There was something incredibly different about it, where, uh, where you would have met in the special room in the house that was only used on Sundays. That was the, the day when, when good food was made, where coffee was percolated was something that was, was uh, mentioned there. Uh, someone in, in the group uh, had said that they would, they would do no schoolwork whatsoever on a Sunday. Even though there might have been exams on the Monday, no revision would happen on the Sunday because that was the day of rest. And what that did was it forced uh, the revision and the work to be done on those other days in preparation for a day of rest. Without guilt, without worry, without oh, being panicked about those important exams on the Monday. And I thought, isn't it interesting how we've uh, moved away from that? And, and yes, I understand that much of the narrative behind Sabbath was based upon something that we felt was restrictive and was religious and was, 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 was actually centered on all the reasons or all the things you can't do and shouldn't do. When actually, I think this series is about redeeming a God-given commandment to us. That if we practice it well, without being all kind of caught up in legalism, it will see it as something really releasing and really freeing and really joyful and really helpful uh, for ourselves. Um, as, as I reflected on the other evening, I, I, I came home, Chantelle wasn't there, and I, I had this conversation with you, and I just said, you know what, we have done a really bad job of this as parents with our own children. We haven't modeled this at all. We haven't modeled the importance of, of taking a full day of rest. And yes, we work through the week. Yes, we in particular get to work part of Sunday. But kind of the week just sort of merges into one. And, and, and yes, the weekends are slightly different, but it's still busy and there's still lots of activity. And there's still lots of stuff that goes on. And I do feel like this time is an opportunity for us to stop, to camp out, to consider things and make some changes. We get to hear 52 life-changing sermons a year. And I feel like these weeks, as we listen and as we practice, we're getting the opportunity to make some changes. One last thing um, before I finally get to what I want to talk about. In fact, I've got, yeah. The rise in technology hasn't helped. Labor saving devices, which we thought 20, 30 years ago, washing machines, dishwashers, tumble dryers, all of those things. We thought, oh my goodness, isn't this great? It's gonna save us all this time, it's gonna free us up and have even more time at the weekend. Compound that to technology and computers and of course tablets and phones and all the rest. Instead of saving us time, it's just made us have higher capacity, higher productivity, higher being on, being on, being on. And uh, that 
is an exhausting thing. It's an addictive thing to be looking constantly, lifting it up. It's a habitual thing. We've talked about it before and before, and it is something that we would do well to get a handle on. Um, I was going to do this as a notice, uh, but I thought, you know what, it sets itself up really nicely in, in, in this to communicate something which I want to do really well and really sensitively. This might be a bit clunky, and I don't want it to be. I want, I want you to hear my heart behind it. It's written in our uh, February newsletter. Those of you who are signed up to get our newsletter, you'll see it written in there. And it's really communication uh, between ourselves and, and our staff. And uh, I say this uh, in the context that we want to be really, really contactable. We want you to be able to touch base with us on, on anything and everything um, in the right way and at the right time. And uh, so we respectfully are just, uh, just communicating this uh, in terms of if you want to get hold of us, you can grab us every single Sunday. Come up to us, say hi, like chat about this, and it could be done today. That'd be great. Or actually something there, could we arrange another time during the week and we can meet up? Yeah, of course you can, no problem. Um, if it's something that kind of comes up during the course of the week and you're just like, you know, really like to chat about that, then send us an email. We've all got email addresses, and uh, please do that. That's probably the best form of, uh, of communication to do that. You can, you can avail of that. Uh, there's also through mobile phone, through work mobile phone. So myself and Chantel, we have a uh, pastor's mobile phone, and the numbers are very available, and it will be on the email, and uh, it will be, hopefully if it's not, it should be on our website as well. Um, and then the office, have a number of which you can call and contact or text even. And, uh, and Kate Crosby uh, as well also has a work uh, mobile phone. All of those numbers are available to you and they would be the best way of contacting us uh, on those. Many of you have our own personal and private numbers. And, um, and we would just ask you to consider, um, you know, whenever you do make contact with us, when you're contacting us and the content and the nature of what it is that you're writing. So if it's Friday evening, and um, chances are we're gonna be off, and you're sort of saying, hey, uh, such and such is da-da-da, or what, what's happening, am I on Sunday morning? You know, that's probably not the best time to do that, and it's not the best method to do it privately through, through that. And can I also say, just the last point, is, um, is please, please, please don't use social media as, as a form of, sort of contacting. You know, please don't be uh, using Messenger or any of those other, I don't know, the rest of them, but it's a good job I don't have it. You can't get hold of me. Unless you follow me on Strava and you could send me a message there. But that's that. I hope that's come across well. If it, if it hasn't, and uh, whatever, please hear our hearts. We really want to be contactable and all the rest. And sometimes, you know, the, the edges are just a little bit blurry. You know, uh, many of you, I consider my friends, and I hope that you consider me your friend. And, and sometimes you're a bit like, oh, can we, can't we, and all the rest of them. You know, uh, I hope you can just uh, use your love and, uh, and uh, just, just say, is this what I'm Is that okay? No, it's not. Stab me in the eye later. <laughs> okay, where are we? Oh. Let me pick up on where Kate left off last week. That's a 16 minute introduction. Uh, Kate, last week, 
in the second of this four-part series on Sabbath ended uh, talking about this. As we consider and begin to practice Sabbath, we're going to meet resistance, some pushback, not just from the culture that we're living in right now, but also from inside our very selves. What is the restlessness inside of us? She read this quote from Cole Riley, to cultivate habits of rest, we must discern what noise has found a way to penetrate our soul. To find the rest that our souls deserve and require that Jesus is uh, leading us towards, we need to know what makes our souls restless. What is it that's constantly driving me and you to be constantly on? Um, two Fridays ago, Chantelle and I went for a walk uh, with Marley, our dog, in the snow up at the dams, and it was lovely. Uh, we're trying. This is one of our practices that we're trying to put in place. It's something that we used to do, and we're trying to redeem it, is to try and finish up most of our kind of church-needed work on a Friday sort of afternoon so that we get Friday afternoon together to go for a walk, spend time with each other, connect with each other, debrief all of our church life so that the rest of our weekend we're not talking about church. So we just be normal human beings together. Normal married couple together. And so Friday, uh, we're up, we're walking the dog. It's just beautiful. I love it. For me, that is one of the places I come alive. The environment, the, 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 the opportunity to walk and to talk, it just, it's just magnificent for me. We were reflecting on this series and I said, for me, I, I look forward to Friday afternoon. Genuinely, I do. I feel like it's the opportunity, it's the weekend. I do get some time to rest and to kick back and not have to, uh, to, to do all the things we have to do during the week. But if I'm really honest, there's a bit of me that fears the weekend as well. I fear the, the time off. Uh, I shared this on Monday night, and uh, let me put my glasses on because then I can see your reactions, because people seem to react a bit as I shared this on Monday. Sometimes for me, as a doer, as someone who's your, I love activity, I love people, I love socialization, I love being productive, I love doing, 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 going, 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 stopping, I do find difficult. Holiday time, sometimes I find difficult to actually stop, rest, recover. And part of that is because it gives me and it gives my mind more time to dwell on things I'd rather not dwell on. And sometimes uh, fear for me, anxieties in me will sometimes just be multiplied because I've got time, I've got space. And actually, when I'm busy, when I'm active, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, it just puts that noise to the side and I just keep going. And looking at some of your faces, you can resonate with what I've just said. I'll take my glasses off so you all look at me. <laughs> and that for me is the resistance within me. It's not the culture around me. 
is actually inmates because that's the pushback, you know? And yet, what I feel like God is speaking to me about in this season is in the stopping, in the resting, is even if the fear and the anxiety and the swirling thoughts emerge, it's to just spend time taking that to Jesus and, and resting in him and allowing him, inviting him to have a conversation and, and gradually and graciously above it all. Be kind to me. So, where are we at? Uh, 21 minutes past 11. That's a 21 minute introduction. Uh, let me take 10 minutes. Um, we're uh, thankful to John Mark Comer, who's an absolute genius, who's written this content, which we're stealing lots of. We're third week, it's delight, it's joy. It's, it's not only do we stop, not only do we rest, but let us practice doing the things that we delight. So it's a little bit of a contradiction of what I've just said. It's not that we just stop, rest, and we sit in a room silent for 24 hours. There are some wonderful things that we get to do that we don't necessarily do on the other six days of the week. That is a celebration that brings about joy, that uh, releases life to us. The Genesis story we read that God saw all that he had made and it was very good. The word translated good is tov in uh, Hebrew and it can be translated as beautiful. There is some incredible stuff in our world that is wonderful and joyous and beautiful and yet we're bombarded often by the busyness and the noise and the, the, the terrible things of what we watch on the news and things that we look at and scroll at when we look at social media or whatever it might be. Jesus himself said, in this world you'll have trouble. That's inevitable. But actually, in this world, God is inviting us to have peace and to have joy and to have celebration. And joy is three things. It's a feeling, it's a condition, and it's a discipline. It's a feeling, that feeling that you get when something good has happened, the good has come your way. And it is something, it's an emotion that we get to feel, it's a condition. It's a way of being, but it's also a discipline. It's something that we need to practice. Richard Foster, who wrote that brilliant book, The Celebration of Discipline, who looked at lots of various spiritual practices. The, the spiritual discipline of celebration is about practicing, it's about doing celebratory things, good things that give our hearts joy and bring life to us, like walking the dog on a Friday afternoon, especially in the snow, it was even brilliant. Didn't have to wash the dog when I got home, it was amazing. Sabbath is a discipline of celebration, a delivery mechanism for joy. It's one of the most important disciplines by which we become full of joy like our God. Let's read again, let's remind ourselves Genesis 1. Uh, God saw all that he had made, it was very good. There was evening, there was morning, the sixth day, thus the heavens and the earth were completed. In all their vast array, by the seventh day God had finished the work he'd been doing. On the seventh day he rested from his work. And God blessed the seventh day, made it holy because he rested 
of all of the work of creating that you've done. Rested is Shabbat in Hebrew. Whilst it literally means to stop or rest, we have this idea that God delighted in all, his, in all of his work. He spent six days, been working real hard, he'd done this, he created um, the, the heavens, the earth, he created uh, the, the land and the, the creatures and eventually made us. And then on self day, he stopped and kicked back. And he delighted in his work. It's a bit like, um, you know, you've been working really hard at something, an assignment maybe. You've been working flat out at it. And you get it done. You get to submit it. You kick back and go, that was hard work. But it's done. It's a bit like homework or revision. And you're preparing yourselves. You do all that work and you feel like, I am ready for that exam. Give it to me. I never felt like that. That's <laughs> like, oh God, I hope that's on the test. It's a bit like you've spent an hour or two cleaning the house. Everything is put in its right place. Even the kids' trainers are put away. The washing is done. Oh, I can kick back and make a cup of tea and sit down. Admire my clean kitchen. The garden project that you spent days at working at, digging and landscaping and planting and da-da-da. Sun comes out, you light the barbecue, you open a bottle of wine, and you delight in what you've just done. That's what Sabbath is about. It's about running hard, working hard. It's about kicking back and looking and enjoying and delighting. Delight. Let me skip to this bit here. Can we show that quote by Dan Alder? Have we got that? Brilliant. The Sabbath is an invitation to enter delight. The Sabbath, when experienced as God intended, is the best day of our lives. Without question or thought, it's the best day of the week. It is the day we anticipate Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the day we remember on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Sabbath is the holy time where we feast, play, dance, have sex, sing, pray, laugh, tell stories, read, paint, walk, watch creation in its fullness. Few people are willing to enter the Sabbath and sanctify it, to make it holy, because a full day of delight and joy is more than most people can bear in a lifetime, let alone a week. I hope that the picture is coming to focus for you. The Sabbath is not this dreary, religious, boring, you can't do anything day, but it's actually a life-giving day where we do get to practice the things that bring us alive. It's not a day where we tie up the swings and say, no kids, you can't play. Three things, and then we'll land it. First, we have to slow down. Hurry and joy are incompatible. We need to slow down. We need to deliberately stop make that a priority. If we don't do that, it just blurs into one and we go again on Monday. Secondly, that is going to require putting some boundaries in place. 
It's going to take a bit of planning. It's going to take a little bit of order. It's going to take a bit of decision making on your part. Uh, some person here at Marva Dawn writes, we don't know how to feast because we don't know how to fast. We don't know how to say no to certain things so that when we get to say yes to the feast, we haven't just been feasting all through the week. We don't know how to save each bite of food because a lot of us overeat all week long. We don't know how to save a good film because we binge TV every night. We don't know how to save our closest relationships because we're over busy. Part of Sabbath is learning to slow down our entire life. And so one practice for the two people uh, in the room that are making notes, you might want to make notes. Um, it's really good to practice uh, an I will list and I will not list. And this doesn't have to be legalistic. As you reflect, as you go away during this week, I will during the week, I will not during the week. I will on Sabbath, I will not on Sabbath. And again, it's not a set of rules and whatever's going to bind you up and hold you to do it, but something that's going to be helpful. So if you're a mechanic and you love gardening, go for it. But if you're a landscaper, maybe wait for a better time to do your own garden. If you're a mechanic, during the week, don't do your car over the weekend. Do you get the picture? It's, it's, it, it, those things, practice them if it's going to bring you joy. If it's not what you do during the rest of the week. And then thirdly, most importantly, it will require you to give yourself the joy. Practice celebration. Practice those things. Today, I'm going to pamper my soul. What could you do in a 24-hour period of time that will bring you deep joy? What brings you alive? That's probably one of the most helpful questions to reflect on, is what is it that you do that brings you alive, that brings such joy to you? Activities that you can do and uh, like we've done the last two weeks, you're going to get an email from us. Uh, hopefully this afternoon we'll go into your inbox and you can take some time to read that and reflect on it and, and, and think about it and practice it. Um, but here are some things. Firstly, we'd encourage you to consider feasting, of having a special meal. It could be on the Friday evening like, uh, like the traditional Shabbat. Some things uh, in the notes, some things that are going to be sent that's going to help you prepare for a feast. That feast could be now, Sunday lunch. For me growing up, that was the big deal. I remember being forced to go to church on a Sunday morning. I hated it. That's another story. But the Sunday roast was in the oven at home. And we came back and we ate that as a family every single Sunday. Maybe that's something that needs to be rescued and redeemed. It doesn't have to be a roast could be just bacon sandwiches with friends and whatever it might be. Community. Who is it that you want to celebrate with? People that you love. People that bring you great joy. Practice gratitude. Practice play. All the things that bring you joy and fun and laughter. Practice uh, special time with your family. Friend. Uh, practice spending time with your with your spouse and if that includes making love then go for it practice nature going out there and 
do it whatever it is again that brings you joy brings you life as a coming to that this is a journey for us for all of us as a community and i'd encourage you in your life groups be sharing how's it going as we go and have coffee now have a conversation how's this sitting with you how's this resonating with you what have you been doing what changes have you been making we would love to hear stories i know from conversations that i'm having with several of you this has really got you thinking and it's really getting you practicing and so i'd love to know how it's going what are you doing uh, that's been different what changes what choices have you been making that would be really really good the last thing i want to say is all of this is about life giving it's not about being religious it's not about being legalistic and being restrictive it's about stopping resting delighting in what he's given us and next week we're going to talk about the importance of worship about our relationship with god and how we do practice that